0: And I think that a lot of couples are living together but are not married. Mm -hmm. And so they're having this first child, um, you know, because the survey doesn't address whether the people are together or not. It only says that the women are not married. So they could be living together. They have the first child. And then I think that this is, again, just a hunch that it's like, okay, we've done this child, we're living together now. Oops, now there's a second, second baby. Why don't we make this more legal?
1: This week, a recent survey found that women with higher education were having more babies outside of marriage than in previous generations. What might be causing this change? Dr. Karen Sherman shares her thoughts on the findings. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, pitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Good to be with you. Uh, It's always great to hear your voice. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. We are going to talk today, Karen, uh, uh, about a new uh, study that came out. Uh, that basically found that more educated women are having babies outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, This comes from Johns Hopkins University, um, and they looked at surveys from 2017 and 2018 pointing to 24.5% of women ages 32 to 38 having children outside of marriage. And and so that the that this twenty four point five percent is in general, so not just the the college educated women. Um, What are your initial thoughts on, uh, you know, the almost? I mean, almost a quarter of all women in that age range are having babies outside of marriage.
0: Okay, so my first comment is going to be that the study was done by a survey, and you know Mm -hmm. that I often say we cannot really. Um, count on surveys because there are certain types who are willing to answer surveys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, rigorous like a an actual experiment. Okay, that having been said, I'm not really surprised, to be honest with you. Um, I think there are a lot of women who um, have decided that they're not going to settle or try to find a husband, um, but yet really want children, and so they are having their children even though they're not actually married, yeah. uh, because you know their biological clocks are ticking and they don't want to miss the opportunity, and they're not going to you know get married just for the sake of having a baby. So I'm not surprised at all.
1: Um. When so, when you say you're not surprised, what about the role of the father fatherhood and having that support and stability there um, obviously women uh in twenty twenty one are more independent um they have careers, they have more education, all that stuff, which enables mm-hmm. them to provide better than women who didn't have opportunities in the past um, but what about just the fact that um you know a quarter of them are assuming these are choices, um, yeah. are, are, choosing, you know, the father may or may not be in the picture and I'm okay with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, um, I don't think that that supersedes what my take on this is. Um, obviously it's easier if you have, um, support, But there are support can come in a lot of different ways uh, through daycare, through uh, parents, um, you know, through splitting uh, a nanny with somebody else. I still say that, you know, this is an age group where their biological clocks are ticking Mm -hmm. and they don't want to miss the opportunity. Uh, And since it's no longer but, you know, we talk about this a little bit later, it's not frowned on. The way it used to be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not such a terrible thing anymore.
1: Right, right. Um, I and I, I want to address or acknowledge that um, my framing of this is in heterosexual couples because I know obviously that homosexual women can also have babies, yes, uh, in their thirties, um, right, and they can do it independently and all that stuff. Um, but I, so I just wanted to acknowledge that I'm not ignoring that segment of the population. Yes, um, I'm just being, you know, trying to throw out blanket statements here. Um right uh so you know you just mentioned uh briefly that uh, with the caveat that we usually do about surveys, um the thing that I think is interesting is in nineteen ninety six uh that number so as I just mentioned, the number today is twenty four and a half percent in nineteen ninety six that number was four percent. Mm-hmm. That is a 20% increase. So even if the surveys are are garbage, mm-hmm. that seems like a very, I mean, it seems like the trend is there, even if you take into account a whole bunch of factors that would make uh, the survey number a bit suspect, <clears throat> excuse me. Um... I mean, that's a huge increase. So does this change your thought on what's happening or how it's happening or why it's happening or anything, having such I, a large increase over a short yeah, period of time? Yeah,
0: I agree with you. It is a huge increase. And I still go with the same thing. Uh, in And including especially what I said last, which was 1996, is 25 years ago that's mm-hmm. a whole generation and i think that there is a much greater independence for women and a much greater um, not looking negatively at somebody who is as a woman who at a woman who does that excuse me at a woman who does that so um you know that a lot has happened in 25 years mm-hmm. um and i just think that it's much more acceptable and so you know, um, why miss the chance to have a child?
1: Right, right. I mean, it is. It's on one hand for me, it, 1996 seems like it was just around the corner. And then on the other hand, you yeah. start thinking about the progress of society over uh-huh. those decades. And then you're just like, oh man, I mean, we just. Um, Got past the uh twentieth anniversary of nine eleven yes, and it's interesting to think about the circumstances and, uh of that time and just the immediate response <clears throat> as a uh as a creative uh one of the things that I think about a lot uh, when I watch movies, for example is how um in and, um, and, and almost every thriller or um, scary movie. One of the first things they almost always have to do is take into account, at least the good writers do, will take into account how do you get rid of the cell phone. Because in mm. 90% of all the problems, the cell phones uh, can solve them <laughs> by making a phone call or text or reaching mm-hmm. out to people or whatever. And um, going back to nine eleven. Cell phones are extremely rare, extremely rare. And now, uh, you know, middle schoolers are rolling around with cell phones. And so when you think of just like those little tiny things of how our society has changed in that time, when you go back all the way to 1996, um, the idea of all these people doing the remote work that we're doing now and all that other stuff – it really was a lifetime ago and and so like i bring this up because to to your to our point conversation about the caretaking and the responsibility and all that stuff it it is much easier to have a well-paying job and work from home so that you mm-hmm. can take care of your child um uh so there a lot of things have changed that enable this independence and the flexibility that um they're just that didn't exist a couple decades ago
0: yes and and to your point initially, when you were speaking about that, your remarks are focused on heterosexual couples. Um, but let's even look at the change in um, gay couples and how marriages are now accepted in in most parts of the United States, mm-hmm. and how having a baby in you know um, a homosexual couple is you know not looked again you know in with shock and horror so um there is really a lot that has changed in 25 years
1: mhm and i know women who have frozen um yes. eggs and things like that um that mm-hmm. technology has advanced and to, to the conversation that we have all the time about the the um the the pushing of the timeline of uh life markers people are mm-hmm. getting married later people are getting college educations uh, or more education i should say in general um so everything's getting time shifted and um so it's not surprising to me that uh women would you know freeze their eggs or just decide like okay it's go time Right um, we'll figure this out later, and I think part of it too is getting into the divorce uh has been destigmatized, I think in this country at this point completely oh, yeah um, yeah, and um so having a going into a relationship with a child is not mm-hmm. um is not what it once was, I don't believe um so I think there you know that might have taken you off the market or made it more difficult to find a partner in the past, and I don't you know i'm I'm being uh I'm throwing out my opinion here, but I don't think it's as tough today. Um, I'm sure some people wouldn't uh or or would have issues with that, but I think in general, because divorce is so common and people go into relationships with kids already in tow, uh, I don't think that would be the issue it once was.
0: Yes, yes, I would agree with you.
1: Um, okay, so college-educated women who have a child outside of marriage are more likely to be married by the time that they have the their second child, mm-hmm. and they are more likely to be married to the person that they had the first child <laughs> with, according to the mm-hmm. study. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on why these couples would be having kids first uh, and then getting married um I mean, to me, it seems like the kid would be the more permanent commitment because if you have a child with somebody like at least for the first 18 years, you – I'm assuming you would continue to speak with that person and be involved with that person.
0: I think that, again, everything we've been saying so far explains why a woman is willing to have a child out of wedlock. Talk about an old phrase, okay? Right. And I think that a lot of couples – are living together, but are not married. Mm -hmm. And so they're having this first child, um, you know, because the survey doesn't address whether the people are together or not. It only says that the women are not married. So they could be living together. They have the first child. And then I think that this is, again, just a hunch that it's like okay, we've done this child. We're living together now. Oops, now there's a second second baby. Why don't we make this more legal? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I would think that a lot of you know we've been discussing that women are independent and they can take care of the child by themselves or with help and everything. But it may be that they are getting help from the father. He's just not married to her, mm-hmm. and he could be living with her and helping her with the, you know, middle of the night feedings and the diaper changings and all of that. I think in general, our society has a much more flexible attitude and an acceptance of varied lifestyles. And so people are not willing to make the commitment to marriage. But then down the line, again, if there's a second child and you've been living together, I think that somehow psychologically you say, you know what, maybe it really is time to get married because Mm -hmm. we've gone this far already. We're not as nervous, you know, let's get married.
1: Right. I mean, it kind of blows apart the concept or idea of a nuclear family um, that we've kind of grown accustomed to of like, that's what normal is. Um, that's
0: a 1950s version. If you watch Sesame street and they talk about your family, they will talk about all types of variations.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, so uh, this gets into one of those things where we get stuck on these ideas and concepts. Mm -hmm. Um, and here we are in 2021, where 25% of the population, um, uh, they're not adhering to this nuclear family concept of th- the two parents, married child, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, it's it just interesting because we, we often frame, uh, I, I, I follow politics, and we frame so much of what of policy based on these old, outdated ideas. Mm-hmm. And we provide support for these old, uh, outdated ideas um, when, to your point, Sesame Street has <laughs> got it right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, my, my, um, my niece on Jessica's side, um, uh, so my sister-in-law, um, she adopted, she is not married. She has mm-hmm. uh, a daughter, uh, and she is about to, um, she's a senior in high school this year. Um, mm-hmm. th- like she, like, as I'm talking through this, it's like, it's dawning on me that like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is my family. Like, this is exactly right. my family. And it, um, and it, you know, so talking about, you know, we talked about, um, homosexual couples being able to have kids like i just completely skipped over the fact that like you can just adopt you can be in your 30s and you can just mm-hmm. adopt yes um and so there's that segment of the population as well so this yeah so i guess i need to open my eyes up more and 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 think like oh yeah this is not that i thought it was abnormal but um how close to home it is
0: yes and and let me point out and this is just to expand what you've just been saying Again, the nuclear family being mother, father, and 2.8 children – is no longer the norm. Look at you and Jess. You don't have children. Okay. There are plenty of couples in your situation who choose not to have children. So I think, again, the idea of, um, you know, quote, the nuclear family, you know, with the white picket fence and, you know, the car and everything is really very antiquated Mm -hmm. as to what's really happening.
1: Right, and to your point, and I thought you you nailed it too with your um, assumptions that you're making earlier about the couple living together, having the kid. I mean, uh, as you know, and I've talked about in the past, Jess and I lived together for almost a decade before we finally got married. Right, um, and right. it was you know at a certain point, it was we were just in that comfort zone, and it was like, eh, what's the hurry? After it's like five or six years, what's what's the yeah. rush? And then eventually, you do get to the point where it's like, okay, we should probably make this legal in case anything happens to one of us, so that we have mm-hmm. rights.
0: So. Mm-hmm. And um, to that point, that might even be one of the contributing factors right. to why a couple who's living together, by the time the second child is coming around, they decide, let's make this legal for all sorts of other reasons, financial, insurance, um, illness, you know, all sorts of things. I, did I say illness twice? I apologize. No. But, um, you know, there may be a number of variables that are impacting on that decision to Mm -hmm. now make that commitment.
1: Well, what's also interesting about this conversation is, uh, so Jess and I, have two different last names. She did not take my last name. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like, just a little thing like that. And I, by the way, I'm totally fine with it. Um, but just like a little thing like that, that sometimes we will bump into inconveniences where we have been separated on an airplane because Mm -hmm. the airline will just assume we're not together. And so they're like, oh, this family got a, you know, got a ticket late. We can split these two people up and put them on yeah. and then we will have to go up and like no 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 we bought our tickets yes. together we are a family mm-hmm. uh so uh, um yeah there there are a lot of reasons why couples would decide to tie the knot and again you can tie the knot obviously as Jess and I have and not change your name so uh, that doesn't solve that kind of an issue um okay so while the number of unmarried college educated women having babies has been increasing uh 6 in 10 women ages uh 32 to 38 with just a high school diploma, had a baby outside of marriage. The number is at 86.5% for those in the same age group without a high school diploma. Why do you think the birth rate uh, changes depending on the education level? Um, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Um so I had a little trouble with this question when you sent it to me. So what you're saying is if you have a
1: college degree, yeah. you are less likely to have a child while, a while you're unwed, right? Okay. And when okay. I mean it goes from, you know, uh if you uh have some education, you're you're 60% um or high school education and then um so with with a college degree, you're at like 25%. With, with a high school degree, you're 60%. Without a high school degree, you're 86.5%. Okay.
0: So what you're basically saying, so that I can state it differently so that I get it and perhaps... <laughs> Please do. <except> for listeners, <laughs> is that the survey is basically showing that more college education women are choosing to have a baby even though they're not married. However the number is still much larger for people that are not as educated. Is that correct?
1: Yes, dramatically so.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And so my guess would be that those who are college educated are more aware of some of the challenges that they're going to face. Um, And so don't do it as readily as somebody who's younger. The other thing is, uh, if somebody is having a baby and they're younger, we don't know what the circumstances are, uh, under which they got impregnated. Is it really out of a real, well, obviously it's with somebody, but is it a committed relationship and they just haven't gotten married? Is it, you know, um, a baby that was not necessarily, um, decided upon. But once the girl is pregnant, she chooses to keep it. I think there's a whole bunch of different factors. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, you know, when you're younger, you may not think everything through. If you're not educated, you may not think everything uh, through as well. And so therefore, there's going to be a greater number who have babies on their own Uh, even though some educated women are choosing to do so as well. Mm -hmm.
1: I have one more I'd like to throw into this. Sure. Um, So going back to politics and policy, Mm -hmm. um, we do not support women uh, in this country uh, in terms of childcare and um, time off and all the other things that go along with Mm -hmm. it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: However, if you are a single woman, um you do get some benefits, particularly if you're you fall within a particular um tax bracket, right? And mm. so if you are married, you lose those benefits. Mm. Uh, and if you're not uh, if you don't have the high school or the college degree, my guess is you're not in a very high tax bracket, right. which would mean that you would probably qualify for all the benefits. Mm. Um and so uh, ironically, it's, uh, the, the less education they have, they're making the smart move by not getting married because right. this is enabling them to get support because we don't provide it otherwise as a, as a nation, um, mm-hmm. unless they stay unmarried. So we're actually promoting them, uh, um, mm-hmm. and pushing them to not get married because of the policies mm-hmm. that we have.
0: Mm-hmm. Good points. Very good point.
1: Um, Okay, so then one of the sociologists from the study suggested that we might be seeing a trend toward a more European pattern of childbirth and marriage mm-hmm. in which uh, young adults uh, have a child before marrying, uh, as we've been talking about. Um, so I guess my question is, is this just the changing norms and... Um, I. I Part of me feels like we've already answered this, that there, yeah. like the moral stigma associated with the out-of-wedlock childbirth is just not a thing. So I guess my question is, can we look to the European model as uh, a way to do this better? And I, as I just mentioned, the European model provides support for women mm-hmm. uh, out-of-wedlock, where we don't unless you uh, don't have a lot of money, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Well— You know, if this has been a pattern in Europe um, and this has been much more accepted, you know, as you're asking me, I'm thinking to myself about when you compare the United States to a lot of the European countries, we are much more sexually repressed than European countries. So they may be just more advanced in They're thinking about all of this. And if you're saying that they provide uh, more benefit or support to unmarried women, then hopefully, yes, we'll learn that. That being said, and you're going to say, Do you have anything more to Mm -hmm. say? So I'm going to say it now. That being said, I really worry that the United States is going backwards. Now, there may be a lot of listeners who are now going to get really annoyed at me. (laughs) But the fact that we are starting to make abortions illegal at a very early age in the pregnancy. I want
1: to. Uh, I, I just want to throw in here: we are recording this very soon after Texas passed their six-week abortion ban. So,
0: right, right, okay. Um, you know, and, and and there are no circumstances that it's allowed so if you've been raped, it, it still doesn't matter. You know, if you're ill, it doesn't matter. So I'm not, please understand, I'm not saying everybody go out and get an abortion, but I do think that the thinking of our politicians, uh, and many of our conservative, um, uh, citizens is such that we are going backwards as far as, uh, an acceptance of women and women being the uh, person who really has to make a decision about her own body.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to I clarify with what you're saying right now, um, yeah. and I'm in full agreement. Uh, when you say going backwards, a lot of people will take that as a, as, a, um, as a slam or as a slight or whatever. But to be clear, these are rights that women had. Uh, mm-hmm. first I actually, when you talk about going back, these were rights women did not have. Then these were rights that women had for decades and mm-hmm. decades and decades. And now they are going back to not having the rights again. So when you say Correct. going backwards, this is not yes. an opinion. This is not a political statement. This is just 100% fact that these are rights that they had and they have been taken away from them. So.
0: Correct. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Okay. And again, I am not, you know, taking a stance one way or the other. I'm merely commenting on the fact that we're not becoming more progressive, meaning moving forward. As you said, we had these rights. They're being taken away. So when we say, should we look to Europe and think that we're going to follow that trend? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the counter argument to that um, would be, the, the the policies that we're discussing right now about abortion rights is at a state level. And if we were to go to a European model, that would come from the federal level. And, of course, you'd have pushback from local mm-hmm. uh, states and, and local municipalities. Um, however, if a policy was enacted nationally, um, it would protect and provide for the nation, as, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know, unless a state decides to opt out, which is a whole other cluster of conversations but yeah i agree um all right i i think we uh i think we did a good job on this one covering uh all the circumstances and the repercussions and the uh advancements and all the changes that go along with a, a, a an evolving society so thank you so much for your time karen it is always a pleasure thank you And uh, before we go, I want to remind you one last time that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationships and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic. Magic. Find it. Keep it and make it last. You can get this information at her website, DrKarenSherman.com. Of course, you can find this information on our website, HitchedMag.com, uh, where we have the complete archive of podcasts. Uh, we have thousands of articles available for you. Um, and I, it's just dawning on me that I never introduced myself. Um, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm Steve Cooper. Um, I am the founder and editor of Hitched. So... Um, <laughs> If uh, if you haven't figured that one out yet um, and you haven't been to our website, uh, that yeah, hello, welcome. Um, <laughs> okay, so until next time, uh take care everybody. Hey, 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 are you ready? We look into each other's eyes. We know that it's showtime Clear our heads of all our worries and fears. Now we know it's